Being a mom is the toughest job there is, and it doesn't come with instructions. So it's okay if you don't have all the answers. We'll figure it out together. This is Mom Brain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. All right, guys, welcome back to Mom Brain. I'm Ilaria. And I'm Daphne. And Daphne is away having a baby. Um, right now, as we speak, she actually is. No, just kidding. Imagine. That she's would be actually like serious commitment. Nine, nine centimeters she's nine dilated. Nine centimeters, but she sounds exactly <laughs> like this because she's magical. Uh, um, oh my gosh, I wish. No, she's so she has been uh, preparing for baby, having baby. Who knows when this is actually going to air? Um, okay, <laughs> the truth of the matter, right now as we speak, she's like super duper pregnant and it's really hot outside and she's a total champ. Oh, yes. Um, so I went off and I did a couple of episodes on my own to make sure that we're bringing content to you every single Wednesday. And today we talked with a pediatric dentist. She is the dentist that my children go to. And I just think it's super interesting. I mean, I feel like uh, teeth are things that some of us think a lot about and some of us don't think enough about. Um, And I feel like as parents, it's extremely important to have good dental hygiene for our kids and to teach them that um, from an early age. And it's difficult. You know, some kids don't like to get their teeth brushed and you have to make a game about it. But, you know, that really understanding, you know, really understanding that keeping their mouths healthy um, from a young age is going to really benefit them as they get older. So I asked her all sorts of things. She was so cute. She like literally was like, this is probably going to be the most boring episode that the doctor, Dr. Gelman. <laughs> and I was like, no, you have no idea. This is going to be fantastic. And, you know, depending on what you guys say, I feel like we should bring her back for a second, a second time around because wow. she, oh, okay. no, there's just so many things to like to ask about. I mean, you think about how important our mouths are. We're talking. We want them to look pretty. We want them to be able to chew well. I mean, all sorts of things. Keeping our mouths healthy is extremely, extremely important. And it's also just, it's just basic hygiene that, look, these first few years, we have to be the ones who are diligent with our kids every morning, every night, why we brush, how we brush, what it means. You know, I just, I think that having someone to actually ask all those questions of, um, in terms of what the best way to teach them is, I love. And uh, and yeah, I'm really curious to hear the questions that you had for her. All right, guys, this is Dr. Ruby Gelman. This is a fact. And now I'm going to have you introduce yourself. I'm Ruby Gelman. I'm a pediatric dentist in private practice in New York City. I have been practicing for 19 years. I can't even believe that I'm saying that. Uh, And I'm also a mom to two amazing kids, Ari, who is nine and a half, and Avital, who is seven. So I don't think you're – I hope that you leave realizing how um, interesting your field is because I have so many things and some some very uh, selfish reasons that you're here as well. Okay. So um, when do kids have to start going to the dentist? So – the the guidelines from the Academy of Pediatric Dentistry say that kids should come to the dentist by their first birthday or when they get their first tooth. Um, you, you know, those kinds of visits, the, 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 the first visit um, where there's a lot of talking, uh, sometimes parents kind of balk at it because they think, well, I'm bringing my child to the pediatrician and if my child has one tooth, what's the dentist going to do? But... The idea is we really want to make what we call a dental home for a child. 
And that means that we're, we're, we're bringing them into our practice and we're bringing them into kind of this, this world where we want them to become great dental patients for life. Um, so the first visit is really important, but it's not a, there isn't a ton of hands-on stuff that happens. No, they, you guys literally like count the teeth and brush them. We count the teeth and we brush them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it was always, I have to say that I haven't been good at bringing them by their first birthday, but maybe like by one and a half or two, then yes. they start, then we start coming right. regularly. So for me, when I talk to parents and my, my friends and even for myself, bringing my own kids, I really didn't bring them until the age of two. And the reason is that, you know, obviously I'm a dentist, so I'm checking their mouths. Right. And I know that I know that I I have that ability to to see what's going on. And my friends are all bringing their kids over to me, you know, so I can take a look at their teeth in my kitchen and things like that. But, um, you know, the guidelines are there for a reason. But at the same time, I think that when when we we know our children best. And we know that some kids are just not going to have it coming to the dentist before they're two. Two is a really great time, I feel, because as much as I hate to admit it, second, even the second birthday is tough because the visits are not always, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Kids are going to cry sometimes. Um, I like to prepare parents for that. And I tell them it actually helps us when kids cry because they open their mouths and we can see what's <laughs> going on. Um but the value is that we try to create this really positive environment and then they they build these memories and they know that, oh, the dentist isn't so bad and I'm going to come and I'm going to get a toothbrush and I'm going to get prizes. Right. And then the next visit is better. And well, then you the guys next also have better. a really nice, because like, they, they have this like be, uh, seat that tilts back and then they have a TV is it on the ceiling? Yes. And then they can choose what they're going to watch. And then you guys have really fun flavors of toothpaste too. Yeah. yeah so we it's, do. you know, there's a lot of bribery and, you know, sort of like Definitely. urging to make it feel like, and it is really fun. There's like very interesting, like interactive toys everywhere. Um, but what are, you know, when should we need to start brushing their teeth when they have their first tooth, correct? Ideally, yes. Okay. And then what should we be brushing for both toothbrush? And what kind of paste should we be using? So again, you know, there are there are guidelines that we have. Uh, I'm going to tell you what the uh, what the the American Dental Association says, and then I'm going to tell you practically what I recommend and what really works well for me. Um, ideally, we want to brush our kids' teeth as soon as they come in, and with a, a toothbrush, with really whatever works for you. There are there are cloths that you can use. You can use a washcloth to wipe off the surface of the teeth. Um, you know, the reason why brushing teeth so early is important is because plaque can start to build up as soon as kids get teeth. And plaque is, is, is kind of the enemy of dental health. So we really recommend that, especially you know, when kids are first starting to eat and um, even kids who are nursing, especially nursing on demand, where they're really getting a lot of they're they're getting milk 
really and, whenever and they is, want and it. And milk is full of sugar. Milk is full and of sugar. And then also, I mean, like what I will do is when I'm breastfeeding, I co-sleep with my babies and they're nursing in the middle of the night and then yeah. they're then they're falling back asleep. I yeah. mean, it's like really is the recipe. We have had no cavities yet, but yeah. people have told me, I know, right? So far, Queen Villa of Health. health. Um, but, you know, I've been told that that is not good for their teeth. It really isn't good for their teeth. And, you know, I, I do get parents who come in who sort of have, you know, they have guns blazing and they're ready to fight with me about, you know, about nursing and nursing on demand for a year or two mm-hmm. years. And, you know, honestly, it's not my business what they do and what parents do at home. I'm not going home with them and brushing their kids' teeth with them. Right. I'm not putting like their kids to sleep. But I'd like to present it to them and explain where the rationale comes from for for not for for nurse not nursing on demand and especially as kids get older um and and as you know like if you're co-sleeping with your children you're you're sleeping while they're nursing mm-hmm. and you're not focusing on the fact that after they eat the milk which has lots of sugar in it is pooling in their mouths and it's changing the environment of their mouth making it really really easy for cavities to develop so that's really the whole idea. So sort of disturbing that balance is really what we want. Water is a great neutralizer. The best thing to do is to get in there, even if it's just instinctive, get in there with some kind of a cloth and just wipe, wipe off the off. surface of the teeth. I, re- I think it was you who told me I was. Um, <clears throat> so Rafa, he um, I got pregnant with Leo when Rafa was six months old. And so eventually my milk, even though I continued to breastfeed my milk by the time he was about 10 months old, dried up. And he I had some milk stored up, but he also did formula for two months of his life. Mm-hmm. And um, and in order to transition him into his crib, um, I would give him a bottle and a bottle of formula and he would put himself to sleep with the bottle, right. which is like that I can see her face if you guys could see her face right now if you're watching on YouTube you can see her face she's like no 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 and I remember I mean I think you told me and the pediatrician told me like you need to stop doing that and so what we ended up doing was I would give him a bottle of water and to this day he has a cup of water that's by he's almost four now by his bed and it really it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be and it was like the fear of like I'm pregnant with my third my first is two, my second is one, and I'm so tired. And if you tell me that I can't do what is actually working right now, I'm going to just start crying right now. Um, but it actually, when when I took it seriously, it wasn't as scary as the idea was. And it, and it all really? actually worked out. And kids get used to and accustomed to new things. So breaking that pattern 100%. is not a bad thing. Um, fluoride or not fluoride? So officially... Fluoride really is the way to go. In my practice, I really talk to parents about it very thoughtfully. Um, I personally, with my own kids, until they were really able to spit, I didn't use fluoride toothpaste. Actually, I didn't use toothpaste at all. I used, I gave them a toothbrush with water. Interesting. Um, the act of brushing itself is really, really important um, when kids are little. I gave my kids fluoridated water. New York City public uh, the water supply is fluoridated and I optimally fluoridated I should say and I gave them water and uh, and very regularly and even when you know they would want sparkling water 
um, we would make it in our soda stream. We really tried to be very mindful of that. As soon as my kids were able to spit or, or even in that process of learning how to spit, that's where we started to introduce fluoride toothpaste. Um, the thing is, some kids, most kids don't have a parent who's a dentist who is going to get their teeth brushed no matter what. Right. And so fluoride-free toothpastes really do present a solution because they taste really good and it makes kids motivated to brush. You know, we're all looking for these magic bullets and things that are going to help us get our kids to brush their teeth happily. The fact is, the best thing to do is to hand them a toothbrush mm -hmm. and, you know, just make sure that they know that this is what people do. Now, for a lot of people, they start to brush kids' teeth. They have their kids brush once a day and then gradually working up to where it's twice a day. There are some kids who are brushing constantly four but or five I, times a day. I, I brush my kids' teeth three times a day and Amazing. morning and night, I'll brush them. Perfect. And then in the middle of the day, they get to brush them. That's and so amazing. that's like, because they'll say, well, mommy, I want to do it. And I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> I'm not ready for that yet. So I'm going to brush your teeth. And in the middle of the day, they get to go in there and they, get to, they get to play with it. It's important because we want to teach kids some autonomy when it comes to brushing. And, you know, when we say twice, uh, twice a day, we really mean like we want them to brush at least twice a day where we know that very often the nighttime brushing, which is taking place during the whole, you know, pre-bedtime routine, that's happening with a lot of supervision. And so, you know, the morning can be super frenzied and there really isn't a lot of time to do very much. And often parents will tell me that that's the brushing that gets missed and that kids are not brushing during the day. I, it's wonderful that you're brushing, that you're having them brush in, in the middle of the day because you're really, really teaching them good habits and that they're kind of respecting the fact that they well, need to I, brush their I teeth. I do it for myself. So it's one of those things where I'm like, well, you have teeth and I have teeth. We have mouths. Like we should brush them. Perfect. Perfect. I, I agree 100 percent. You know, it's we really it's all we, we do what we all can do. And getting our kids to brush their teeth it again like there's no there's no simple solution and there are lots and lots of tricks and lots of things the most important thing is making a habit out of it and there are parents that tell me that toothbrushing is a total nightmare and that the kids just go ballistic when they're mm -hmm. trying to help them brush teeth and you know they ask me what do i do isn't there a solution that's going to help me make them love it with, no, sorry. <laughs> with Rafa and Leo, because they were both kind of funny about me brushing their teeth, um, although now they're totally fine with it, is my one of their godmothers, uh, her name is Sylvia, she's taught me to look for sugar bugs. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's sugar Definitely. bugs in your mouth. And they're obsessed with bugs. Like Perfect. whatever they're obsessed with, say they're finding it in the mouth. And you're like, oh my God, I see a cockroach back there. Oh, it's a butterfly. Oh, it's, a, and nor, I mean, if you said that to me, I'd be like, ah, you know, <laughs> right. my, but they're like, really, right. really, really? And then they want to yeah. see it. And then I'll show it to them. And they're That's like, right. they're like, wow. I mean, obviously there's nothing, but like in their imagination, there's like cockroach on their toothbrush. Right. Perfect. Um, totally so that, great. that has been something with some of them, um, but you know what? Another thing that will work um, that works for me with uh, the littler ones is brushing their teeth in the bathtub. Oh, absolutely. Bathtub, and that's a really great thing because the whole spitting table thing. works really, and really, really well. a lot of positive well. reinforcement. So, um, you know, I'll say to if like Leo, who's two, who doesn't know how to spit yet. Yeah, I'll like I'll tell him like I'll brush and I'm like, OK, spit. And he goes like, Pfft. you know, it's like obviously he's not spitting. I'm like, 
that was just like so successful. And he <laughs> looks at him and he's like, yeah, I did a really good job. Yeah, spitting with water, they get really excited for it. Very, very excited. And especially doing it in the bathtub, it's less of a mess. Okay, so how long should we brush their teeth for? So ideally, in a perfect world, two minutes, at least twice a day. Um, what I say to parents all the time is two minutes is something we aspire to. I think two minutes can feel like an eternity when you're battling uh, a toddler who mm-hmm. doesn't want to have his or her teeth brushed. Um, so I say, you know, try to try to sing the ABCs at least once. And then gradually you're working your way up to where the kids are appreciating that they have to spend time doing it. You know, we recommend timers and there are also great apps out there that are really helpful for, for toothbrushing. Um, so ideally for older kids, two, two minutes. minutes. They also have toothbrushes that will turn off. At t- I have mm-hmm. one of those. It Me turns too. off after two Me minutes. Me too, absolutely. And now I have to remember, I have, I'll, I'll come up with it. I'll figure out what, what the toothbrush is. But I just got my kids electric toothbrushes. Mm-hmm. So I was using the electric uh, Oral-B toothbrushes, which mm-hmm. I love. But I felt like it was creating a lot of waste. When we, I also, yeah. another question is, how often should we change our toothbrush? So that's, that's also a great question. So... Really, ideally, we're supposed to change our toothbrushes every three months. The thing is, it doesn't account for the fact that this is the the difference here, that most kids today have a lot more than one toothbrush. And so, you know, if they're changing it up and that's one of the techniques that parents like to use to get their kids to be motivated to brush their teeth is they have a morning brush and an evening brush. So... I, I generally say, like, after six months, it's a good idea to change. I, I think I change, change it every, like, three weeks. That's excessive, right? You see my type bit, A person out there. That's it. I guess that's excessive. Wow. I just, I looked at her like, oh, every three months. Are you kidding me? Um, wow. Well, that's what I liked about getting these is that you just have to change the change head. Change the head. Absolutely. And then it, I that's also great. find that my kids will chew it. They'll end up, even yeah. no matter how much I think, right. we'll chew it. And then it gets, like, the bristles So open. once the bristles start to get frayed then it's totally reasonable to start to, to think about changing your brush. Yeah. Um, you know, it's also a good time to teach kids that they shouldn't be, uh, should they shouldn't be trying to bite their toothbrushes. Right. And, you know, it's a little fun and kids kind of enjoy it. But it's also a great way to teach them to not brush their teeth too hard. That's all, yeah, well, yeah. No, it's, it's funny because with electric ones too, especially my boys that are two and three right now, they think it's funny that if they bite it, it stops working. <laughs> And then they let it, then they un- <laughs> unclench their teeth and then it starts like vibrating again. I'm right. like, guys, guys. But this one that I have, it's really great because I think it's every 15 seconds, it like makes like a little like sound. Yeah. And I think that's to teach you to like brush a different part of your mouth. I mean, obviously right. I'm brushing their teeth for them, but, um, but for them, it puts a different, you know, uh, something is happening during 100%. it, um, yeah. brushing it while you're reading a book. Um, there's like so there's so many different things that you can do. And I think that there is an element I mean, I've found with my parenting that the more that I go in there and I'm just very assertive, mm-hmm. I'm like, actually, this is what's happening right yeah. now. If I let them kind of scare me out of it by if they're screaming and stuff like that. And you know what? They might scream. But if we if I stay consistent with it, for a week or two weeks, I find that I can usually win them over. Um, and great. not, you know, I'm not like, you know, 
pinning them down and like abusing them. But like, I'm just like, nope, we are brushing our teeth right now because you need to have teeth. Okay. Teeth grinding. This is my, one of my selfish, selfish reasons because my daughter Carmen is such a teeth grinder and it makes me worried because I look at her teeth and I feel like they are getting ground down a little bit. Um, we obviously have to, you know, I think our time to come and see you is, is about now. Um, but I worry because she's at that age, she hasn't lost any teeth yet. So she's five and three quarters as she's mm-hmm. like as she's like to say I think her teeth are starting to get a little bit loose I'm seeing them shift a little bit yep. so I think that that's probably that's um, happening it, yeah. mm-hmm. she's very anxious for a tooth to fall out because she probably all, has a lot of friends who've lost she's teeth. the youngest yeah. in her class and all of her friends have lost teeth and except for her anyway so she I'm afraid that when her grown-up teeth come in that she's going to grind them and we need to be much more careful of the grown-up teeth so tell me all of your knowledge tell me everything knowledge. okay I'm going <laughs> to empty my head right now of all my grinding <laughs> knowledge so First, I should tell you that most kids grind their teeth at at some point between the ages of one and six when, you know, between when they get their teeth and when their teeth start to fall I hear it when they're coming in, when they're actually teething. Sometimes they they, they grind it because something's going on. Yeah. And when they're first coming in, it's sort of they're feeling it out because it's Mm -hmm. something so new. And, you know, when teeth come in, I don't know if you remember when any of your teeth came in or your wisdom yeah. teeth came in, they feel kind of itchy and it, it feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so in the beginning, it's kind of trying to figure things out, see the lay of the land when their teeth are first coming in. Um, as kids get older, it, it becomes a habit where a lot of times we think that it, it there, there are a lot of theories about why kids grind well, their teeth. Well, she does it when she's sleeping, I yes. should say. So, for a lot of kids, it starts with kind of a fascination when they're awake and they're kind of playing around. And then it becomes kind of a nocturnal habit. It's most common when kids are sleeping. Um, sometimes it's indicative of some breathing, some sleep uh, breathing problems. Um, sometimes when kids have a cold, they'll they'll tend to grind a little bit more. Um, so, you know, when I when I see kids and we see that there's evidence of grinding, we ask all these questions. The The reality is there isn't a lot that we do for kids who grind their teeth. And number one is most kids don't really do a lot of damage when they're grinding. Um, most often, and the sound is horrible. Oh, it's horrible. It's, it's like, so it's horrible. It's literally like bone grinding. It's a horrible. It, it's a really horrible sound. M- most often, despite the fact that it sounds so awful, it's really just a couple of teeth that are hitting each other and they're not grinding their all of their teeth down mm-hmm. to little nubs. I mean, that's, I think, the fear that parents yeah. have. Um, because remember that enamel is the hardest surface in the body. And when you have enamel grinding against enamel, it's going to sound really, like really terrible. Um, so a, a, a lot of times kids who end up getting... They're getting um, adenoids and tonsils removed. A lot of times before that happens, we hear that kids are just grinding relentlessly. And then once the once the 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 they've had these things taken care of, the grinding ceases. I can tell you, I can vouch for the fact that both of my kids were in this category. They were terrible grinders. And then both of them and, and, you know, at, at the age of four, each of them had um, their adenoids and tonsils um, removed or what shaved are adenoids? down. Adenoids are that tissue that's inside the nose that it can cause some um, constriction and some restrictive breathing. So oh, they, it makes it difficult to breathe through your nose. Um, all this, it, it's really interesting because in dentistry in general today, there's a lot of talk about 
the dentist's role in what they like to call sleep disordered breathing. And, you know, a lot of it is about sleep apnea and um, about breathing through your nose and how important it is. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty we big We talk about topic. that in yoga, too. Uh, well, I, it's, I, well, I totally mean, that the nose it. has a filtration system and the mouth doesn't. People always, I'm a big runner and people say, oh my God, I, I would love to run, but it's so uncomfortable. And like, yeah. I've had four babies in four and a half years. So I've gotten <laughs> not running out of shape and then have to get back into shape again. And it's horrible for me too. I mean, your lungs burn, right. your legs burn. It's like, it's horrible to do that. But what I do is I've taught myself how to breathe. Yeah. So I will only breathe through my nose and then I'll breathe, I can breathe out of my mouth, but right. I won't inhale through my mouth because when you inhale right. through your mouth, you're drying out your lungs, you're drying out your throat, and that creates that burning sensation and then puts your body into fight or flight. And you get really stressed out and you think that you're dying and you're not because you're just running <laughs> right? and it's all okay. Um, but yeah, no, breathing through your nose is extremely important. They, t- you know, as when we, there's this really great book called Science of the Breath um, that we, that we read in yoga training. And it's very interesting because it talks about sort of Eastern and Western philosophies mm-hmm. or like lack of philosophy in Westerners Western, right? um, about, about breathing and even how, you know, they'll, ch- they'll tilt the child's face down a little bit, tilt their chin down mm-hmm. when they're sleeping to encourage their mouth to close yes, and everything. Definitely. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, it really, it's very interesting. And it's also, I mean, what's interesting to me about, about, um, when when we see kids who can't breathe well through their noses is that it really actually changes the shape of their mouths because when they're breathing more through their mouths, they, they end up, because it, it, your body is sort of adjusting to the fact that you are, so the palate starts to shift a little bit and it creates these orthodontic problems. And and even from very young ages, which, so all of these things tied together have really made this topic in dentistry very big and really the 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 dentist's role in helping to diagnose breathing issues in kids you know it, it's it, it's interesting that you also hear that um you know parents will come in to the dentist and very often we're see dentists are seeing kids more often than their pediatrician when you have you know kids who are very healthy and parents are bringing their kids to the dentist twice a year right so We'll talk and we'll make an assessment. I'll I'll take a look in a child's mouth and we'll see that the tonsils are very big. And it might be in the middle of the winter time and it's kind of common to hear that they the kids are because of cold season having colds and exactly. Um, But, you know, I very often will recommend visiting an, an ear, nose and throat specialist almost more often than their pediatricians, just because I'm seeing them at a time where a kid might have a cold and they're not going to the doctor because it's just a cold and, and, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be fine after a couple of days of, of sniffling. Um, and then, you know, I cannot tell you how many parents come in for their follow-ups and say, you know, thank you so much for telling me to go because now I now I understand that there's this connection between the mouth and the rest of the body and and that the breathing through your nose is so important. That's so interesting. Now, when, how do you know if the adenoids, am I saying it right, the adenoids need to be so, addressed? So again, look at it. this is something that an ear, nose, and throat specialist takes a look at. A lot of times they happen simultaneously. So if if it's something, if you're hearing that your child is very nasal 
that, you know, that it's happening really at times when it wouldn't necessarily be um, expected, like right. in the summertime or, right. you know, when. And, and again, like an, an ENT is someone who really specializes in all of these things and they can make assessments and say, well, you know, you really need to see an allergist or they may recommend um, certain kinds of medications that help to shrink all these tissue because that's what it is. That's what tonsils and nadenoids are. They're soft tissue that just they can get kind of inflamed and bigger and making it difficult to breathe. Would you also notice that if your kid isn't sleeping well? Because uh, well, so, my so daughter sleeps like a rock. You literally could turn the lights on and have like the yeah. biggest party in her room. Yeah. And she will not hear anything. My boys are like, you know, the wind blows. And they're like, what? Whoa, what was that? Yeah. But she sleeps right. so, but then the grinding of the teeth is just yeah. like, how does this not wake you up? Right, right. So, you know, if she's sleeping well, then that's a, a very good thing. I think what we do find with teeth grinding is that once the new teeth start to come in, it actually dissipates. Okay. And the reason it does is because things come in in a different position. And really, once she gets her adult molars, which we call them six-year molars, they generally come in sometime around the age of six. Um, so you have that to look forward Great to soon. Teething again. I'm so excited. <laughs> You're going to have nonstop teething in your house. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so once they come in, they kind of lock the bite into place. We hope that once they come in and, and you know, I know that Carmen has a, a really nice bite so that once they come in, we hope that they that it, the, the grinding actually starts to subside. Oh, I, I hope so, because I look at it and I'm like, I, when you're like, your grown-up teeth come in. I'm so worried for them. Okay, so talking about positioning of teeth, um, and then I want to get into a little bit of teething for, like, baby babies. Mm -hmm. So we, like, jump all over the place. I have no rhyme or reason how we do it. I'm just picking your brain. Um, And, okay, so uh, positioning of the teeth. So my my daughter's teeth, and actually – Romeo's teeth as well. So my first and my fourth, they came in, the two Vada ones came in and hers pretty strongly at a V, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I see it pretty common with some other people. You yeah. notice you notice what your children, yeah, have, your child it. has. Of course, of course. Um, so I'm sure I'm seeing it much, probably much more than is. I'm like, wow, your kid has teeth like that too. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because neither Alec nor I had braces and we have very straight yeah. teeth. Um, and I've been told multiple things that that could be, you know, could mean that she's going to have braces or, and he's going to have braces, or it could mean absolutely nothing. Right. (laughs) It really could. I, I, you know, it's very hard to tell. I cannot tell you how many people come in to me with a three-year-old or four-year-old and say, is my child going to need braces? And you know what? If I had a crystal ball, ball, (laughs) I would be really happy to tell you. Um, but the reality is like, Kids are individuals, and while they come from our genetic material, what what happens when things get combined, we don't know. Uh, we know that there is definitely a genetic predisposition predisposition to to if your parents had braces, chances are you're going to benefit from braces too. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think today the world of orthodontics, um, which is straightening teeth has really changed a lot. And it's really hard to find a kid who wouldn't benefit from From braces. I think I probably would have benefited from braces, but, you know, it was one of those things where my parents were like, no, they're they're very straight. They're a little crooked (laughs) on the bottom, but it's one of those things where I think my parents were like, we're not going to pay this money. You're you're fine. It's good enough. It's good enough. It's fine. Um, I mean, I think now that most children have get braces, 
What's the yeah. typical age when they get braces? So, you know, there are different philosophies about treatment. Sometimes um, orthodontists like to treat kids in two different stages. So they'll end up where the, the kids around around eight or nine, if, if a child looks like things are a little wonky or, you know, where we see that the bite is a little bit off, sometimes we'll send kids to the orthodontist for an evaluation. And sometimes they'll do something called the palate expander, which is something that helps to stretch the jaw. It used to be back in the dark ages when I had braces, it used to be that the, the thought was that you would just take out a lot of teeth. You take out a lot of baby teeth and then you take out adult teeth and then you just sort of bring everything together. And that's how you create a perfect smile. But the more modern thinking is that it's actually better to change the landscape of the mouth and you create more space so that things have more room. So it's done kind of in two phases. We do it once, we do this kind of orthopedic stuff where you're moving things around. Um, And it's, it's a shorter course of treatment around sometimes eight, nine. A lot of it depends on a child's dental development. You know, some kids, uh, it's a great example. My son is nine and a half and he's lost all of his baby teeth, which is total insanity. You know, most kids. When do you, when do you lose your baby teeth? Most kids lose all of their baby teeth by the time they're 12. Okay. Um, and you know, it happened, it it didn't come from me. I, I was a kid who and I had I had to have eleven teeth taken out when I was. This a is kid. why you became a dentist. It, it's with one of the reasons. <laughs> um, I'm much nicer than my dentists ever were, I'm for sure. sure. For sure, <laughs> I'm sure you are. I, I can speak from uh, from experience of us coming here. But my nice. my mother in law told me that my husband lost his teeth very early, and so that's probably where it comes from. Um, and so. So I have a kid who really is almost ready for braces. And, you know, today there are lots of different um, ways to to treat uh, what they call malocclusion, which is where our teeth don't fit together properly. Um, There's traditional braces still, which are wires and and um, brackets and, you know, they have all the different colors that they Mm -hmm. can put on. And Invisalign is something else, which is it's it's very, very popular. And it's for kids. So so it's interesting that today there really is this shift where a lot more teens and tweens are getting Invisalign. They don't want to be walking around with a mouthful of. Well, but sometimes I see like eight year olds with braces. Yeah. Yeah. So so what happens where kids have braces in two phases or have orthodontics in two phases, a lot of times they'll start with some kind of an appliance where they're stretching things mm-hmm. and then they'll have braces. Some And it'll be really cute. They'll have braces on the forefront teeth. Mm-hmm. Um It'll be for a couple of months, and then they'll have a retainer until a retainer is uh, is an appliance that just kind of keeps things from shifting around yeah. and 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 allows you to hold off and wait until everything falls out. And then they they evaluate it again when kids are eleven or twelve once they've lost all or almost all of their teeth. Um, so it's really interesting where Invisalign comes in, um, and and there are other. There are there are other kinds of um, treatment like Invisalign, which where it's the, these these plastic aligners that help to do the same thing that braces do, but you take them out, so yeah. you don't eat with them. You or adults and children, you don't eat with them. Well, same you, thing with Invisalign, you don't eat with them either. You have to take them out. Right, you take right. So braces you leave yeah, in, but right. Invisalign you take out, and um, you also can brush your teeth with them out, which is 
you know, for for us, like as pediatric dentists, we're trying to teach our our patients how to be amazing toothbrushers. So if when they get this like these mouths full of metal, it's really really it's really, really hard, hard to keep your mouth clean. So that's why Invisalign theoretically is terrific. What we're finding is, you know, kids will they'll eat their lunch and then instead of rinsing their mouths, they're not going to brush their teeth at school after lunch. You know, most kids won't. They're just like sticking their Invisalign back in, which are creating there was this problems. there's this teen who told me um, she's like yeah I did Invisalign but like the last one I didn't because it just started smelling so bad right. like the train I was like oh god <laughs> yeah <laughs> right yeah, yeah, things no, it's like a little that. bit of learning to take care of yourself well at that point. and and that's that's a big thing you know like my son who is he's almost ten and the orthodontist said well you know he can have Invisalign and I laughed because my son would forget his head if it wasn't attached to him. So I couldn't imagine putting that responsibility on him that he has to remember to take right. these these things, things, things in, in and, and out and, and take care of and it he'll and throw them away. and everything. Um, oh, when to start flossing, the flossing conversation. Flossing, flossing is a very big deal in my office. Um, we're giant proponents of flossing. Um, so the, the simple answer is once kids have teeth that are touching each other, that's when you start flossing. Now, for a lot of kids, their uh, their baby teeth, you know, most most kids get all of their baby teeth. There are 20 baby teeth. Most kids get all of them by the time they're three years old. And the most common place where we see cavities forming are between the molars. Now, mm. the molars come in generally between the ages of two and three. So... It doesn't take a long time for cavities to start to form and where they're forming is between the teeth. So one great safeguard is to start flossing. Flossing is just mechanically removing debris and plaque that forms between teeth. Now, some parents look at me like I have three heads when well, we talk about they're flossing. they're having trouble brushing their kids' teeth. Of course, you add of frost, course. Flossing yes. on top of like, okay, no more milk at bedtime, brushing right. teeth and flossing. Thank you very much. I'm yes, leaving. <laughs> definitely. So, you know, it's all part of this, like, preventive focus. And, you know, I, I'm my practice is very, very focused on prevention. And so I would be the happiest dentist in the world if my patients didn't get cavities. And so we're presenting all these things. And we really aim to teach kids in our practice, teaching kids how to floss independently by the time they're nine years old. Um, and it's challenging because when kids are younger than that, it's really hard for them to have dexterity to be able to do it themselves. So we really rely on parents. Yeah. But there are, there are really are, there are flossers that, that are uh, fun to use with kids. And, you know, it, it definitely increases the time uh, it, that, that toothbrushing takes, but it's so valuable. And it doesn't have to happen every day. Certainly in the beginning, if you can do it twice a week, that's awesome. No, but it's it's also what I how I always think about it with this preventative thing is of you know it takes what ten seconds to floss a kid's teeth maybe twenty yep. you know and if that's going to help you not have to go and get a tooth drilled or whatever the whatever the process is of, exactly. of having a cavity filled at this point right. you know that's it's so worth it teaching so them good it. habits I think it keeps them from getting as sick just even common colds and stuff like that keep the mouth clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, as they get older, especially with their adult teeth, you know, th- that's it. That's what they have for the rest of their lives. And it's so, so, so important. Um, thank you. I know that I have to let you go. 
I do want to know, so we ask you on Mom Brain what your favorite thing is. And it could be anything from, you know, your favorite clothing brand to, but probably it would be really great with this to, to have something to do with, you know, oral, right. something dentistry. So, so I have a toothbrush that I love and it's not a fancy toothbrush at all. It is, it's, uh, it's called the Glow Brush. It's by um, Arm & Hammer. Mm-hmm. And it's actually, I actually use it. It's, it's marketed towards teens and tweens. It is a, um, it's a battery operated brush. It doesn't spin, it vibrates. It changes color every 15, every 30 seconds. And it stops vibrating after two minutes. Um, I think it's really fabulous at cleaning your teeth. Um, I really, I'm pretty passionate about it. It's not so easy to find. You can often find it online, but, um, <laughs> that's, but a, I, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I really, it's, it's a really great brush and it's nice because it, you can take it with you and, you know, it, it's, you don't it's, have to have and like it's, the whole cord and everything. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah definitely. They're really great toothbrushes. Now the Quip brush is also fantastic because it's a, it's an electric toothbrush that you charge it and it lasts Forever. For a really long time. Yeah. Yeah, I have a couple. I have the ones that I have you you plug into the the wall, but like if you don't plug it in for like a month. Right. And you're it's not fine. taking it with you. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like totally fine. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. This thank was great. You. Yay! All right, guys, that was my conversation with Dr. Ruby Gelman. One of my favorite things that I've taken away from this is the fluoride versus no fluoride. Um, And I like the idea that she actually does a combination of both toothpaste because what I've heard in the past, like people are either like, I don't use fluoride with my kids or I use only fluoride with my kids. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I really, I I think all of these things that we we obsess about, there is a happy medium. There is an answer to it. Um, And so I hope that that was was helpful for you guys. Awesome. And now it's time for our favorite things. Now it's time for our favorite things. So my favorite thing this week are these toothbrushes that I've been using. Um, I try to be very conscious of the amount of plastic that we use in the home and everything. And, you know, people will say you should use bamboo toothbrushes, which I'm not completely against, but there is something that I really do like about an electric toothbrush. So until they can develop a bamboo electric toothbrush, this is one of the things that I'm still sticking with. Um, And I just found these ones recently and one of the reasons I like it is because they come in a two-pack and I have four kids so I just need to purchase two and then there you go and then all you have to do is change the head so it actually does cut down on the amount of plastic whereas before I was using these you know toothbrushes that you would are were battery operated and you'd have to throw out the entire thing in order to replace the head um, so this is Philips Sonicare and they're cute because you can customize them Um, and so the kids get to pick out their individual stickers. I do like an electric toothbrush. I just feel like it gets it cleaner. I like this one because it like beeps every 15 seconds and it really feels like it gets the kids teeth very clean. And I'm very crazy about teeth brushing. Um, okay. So my favorite thing this week is actually a pregnancy pillow. And I have to tell you, I have not been a fan of pregnancy pillows, um, the last few pregnancies, just because the one the one that I bought when Philomena was in my tummy was 
just like hard and it wasn't flexible and it kind of propped my neck up in a weird way. And it just felt like one more barrier between me and my husband. And I didn't, I, I'm a big fan of like just 12 pillows, you know, stuck in different places to, to make me comfortable. But I, um, I went and stayed at a girlfriend's house who had just had a baby and she had this on my bed ready for me and waiting. And it has kind of changed my pregnancy sleeping game. It is from a company called Alex and Alexa and it's the BB Hug Me Pregnancy Pillow. It is out of this world. I don't know. It's like it's almost like a bean bag, a giant, very comfortable, fluffy bean bag. And it's it's small enough. It kind of looks like a sausage. It's not, you know, this enormous. The, I, the one I'd gotten was like this U-shaped thing, and it was just too big and cumbersome. This is very functional. And the best part is when you're done using it as a pregnancy pillow, it looks like uh, it would make a perfectly decent um a nursing pillow, which is super nice because I love, I'm really trying to have less but better. I'm really trying to declutter my house and not, you know, the fourth time around, I kind of know, I know the essentials that I'm going to rely on and I'm not, you know, interested in getting a whole lot of new crazy stuff that just is only good for one thing and then you're done with it in three months and you're, you know, you're on to the next. Um, So anyway, I thought you guys would like to hear about that because I have to say, I also kind of feel like I've, I have seen and heard about and tried pretty much everything in the maternity and, and motherhood market. And this was something new that that really opened my eyes to the bliss of a pregnancy pillow. <laughs> so oh, that's enjoy. so cool. I'm looking at it right now. That's oh, like, yeah. It's like a full, like, a, it's like all goes all the way around. It goes all the way around, but you can tie it. See, that's why I think it'll be good for nursing too, because you could technically like tie it around your back if you wanted to. Oh, um, but it's yeah. like it's solid enough that it would support baby. So you're not because my thing is I'm always like hunching over, and it's so bad for your upper back, even if you're in a str- in a supportive chair. So this looks like it's really going to support baby and me, and also for you know the limited hours I get to sleep, it's really comfortable. So guys, I'm scrolling through the images right now, and I love that. So there's like ones where you're like laying on your side and doing like all that all that stuff that we do when we're pregnant but then there's one where it's just like wrapped around her and she's propped up and she's sipping some tea with a coaster (laughs) what fantasy world is that (laughs) i know i love that i am going to tell people i'm going to tell my husband that he has to uh bring me tea in bed (laughs) <laughs> He'd be like, go get the tea yourself. I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> I'd like, see, she can do it. He'd be like, yeah, her pregnant belly is probably fake as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, truly. Truly. Oh, by the way, it is confirmed on their site that, oh, well, this is a slightly smaller version of it. But there is the BB Hug Me Stone Pregnancy and Nursing Pillow. So, oh, see, see, use we're a, still, use our brain still and, and once your kids are grown, you can drink tea off of it. This is a really good investment. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Amazing. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, swipe up on Instagram. We have all sorts of fun links there. We always link our favorite things um, in the caption on – in the subscription. I have our – I have – okay. My my producer, our producer, Cal, is whispering to me. Oh, in the description. And then you see, he knows all the nitty gritty parts. So in the description, we, I was like, is he mouthing subscription in the subscription? (laughs) He literally could tell me anything and I would say it at this point. Oh my gosh. See, too trusting, way too trusting. Um, Anyway, so we, um, yes, 
and find us on Instagram at MomBrain and email us mombrainpod at gmail.com. Watch us on YouTube and tell your friends. Please, please, please. We're everywhere. We're just everywhere. We are. We are everywhere. Anywhere you want to hang out, that's where we're hanging out. So come be there. (laughs) (laughs) With with cow whispering. (laughs) With cow whispering. Exactly. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye. This is MomBrain with Ilaria Baldwin and Daphne Oz. MomBrain is a Gallery Media Group original production.